Wow, I can't believe it. It's January 2nd, 2023. It is a new year. Happy New Year. It's bizarre. I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that we're in the 2020s now, but I'm really excited because it is going to be a fantastic year. I hope you guys had a great uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. You went crazy, didn't get too drunk. Let's do this podcast. This isn't another fishing podcast. This is another fishing podcast. All right, well, we're going to do something a little bit different uh, this year. I am going to, number one, be more consistent. That is my New Year's resolution. And so the plan this year, and I'm sure you've, you know, if you've followed me for any length of time, Angling Uploaded, another fishing show, another fishing podcast, you know that consistency has been a bit of a struggle here. But um, I, I am deeply, deeply working on that. And I've got great news. Uh, we've got, first of all, this podcast is, is happening right now, but I've got a video coming up on the Angling Uploaded YouTube channel, which you need to check out. Uh, that's kind of just in case you've just stumbled upon this podcast and you're wondering what the heck is going on here. Um, so what we're doing here, we have an umbrella called Angling Uploaded, and we got a bunch of stuff under that umbrella such as another fishing show, another fishing podcast, which is what you're listening to right now, and some just more, I don't, I don't want to say basic videos. We, we put a lot of work in the basic videos as well, but another fishing show and another fishing podcast are really kind of our flagship, uh, let's say it's our flagship content. So we spend a lot of time on, uh, on, that, on that content, but... Uh, we also do some more simple videos, <clears throat> and I try to do those uh, more simple kind of fishing videos. We're going to try to do that on Fridays from now on. So Mondays, podcasts. Uh, Wednesdays, we're also going to be doing videos. So we're going to be, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in depth uh, soon here, a little bit after uh, I get through some other stuff here, but kind of towards the end of the podcast. But we're going to be doing underwater videos on Wednesdays. I have got, wait till you see this, I have got, uh, if you're watching the, um, the video podcast, which if you're listening to this uh, on audio, you can also watch the video podcast on YouTube, go to Angling Uploaded, search Angling Uploaded, and you can find the video podcast of, of uh, what you're listening to right now. But so um, to see, uh, go, go to Angling Uploaded. Um, just type that into YouTube and you'll be able to see what the heck I'm talking about today. Uh, so this, Happy New Year, number one, here it is. This is uh, my wife and I, we had some friends over yesterday and partying and uh, had the Vikings game on outside, wonderful fire there, and the Vikings absolutely got crushed. What a disaster, 40-something, 40-something to three. Um but some wonderful friends joined us there, Patrick and Diana. And uh, it was a nice way to um, bring in the new year. It was, a, it was a nice New Year's Day. Vikings game was absolutely atrocious, though. I'm not surprised. I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Twins fan. So Vikings, uh, I've just been disappointed way too much with the Vikings to be really, really 
you know, locked into being a, a Vikings fan. So uh, Twins fan, yes. Vikings fan, not so much. But um, so underwater videos, by the way, let's get back to that. So I'm going to be doing underwater videos on Wednesdays. Wednesdays kind of going to, it's going to be sort of, um, let's call it a miscellaneous video day. But I really want to do a lot of underwater videos on Wednesdays, right? So um, I got this tank. Wait till you see this. I think you're going to like it. Uh, this is a used tank that I bought a while back. When I bought it, it was just full of algae, and it actually, it, it at the time, um, was at a aquarium shop uh, in the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. And um, when I looked at it, I'm like, well, that's going to take a lot, of, a lot of cleaning because it was just full of algae and caked on stuff and had live plants in there and fish. It was actually a really cool setup, but... Um, the dimensions were right. This is a 90-gallon tank. It's square. I wanted a tank like this to do underwater uh, videos of lures. Um, and I needed kind of, I needed enough uh, distance from uh, the camera. Basically, I just needed a big enough tank to allow me to get close in on lures and really obscure that background. It's uh, in the in the business we call that shallow depth of field. So um, you can just get everything out of focus in the background, and it really makes that that lure or whatever you're filming uh, really pop and really highlights it very well. So this tank fit the bill. I'm really excited. Um, going to be using a black backdrop. At first, I was going to think you know was thinking a white backdrop would be better. Um, but I've seen more underwater videos. I've seen like Northland Fishing Tackles done some under, uh, underwater videos showcasing their lures. And I really liked how that looked um, as opposed to a white background. A white background could work too, but I like that black background. That black background kind of is more natural. It's something that you would, you know, see naturally. Um, as far as just blackness in the background of a, of a lake or something like that, whereas white isn't that natural. I just like the aesthetics of it more. So went with the black backdrop, but uh, that's my setup there. A little bit of uh, do-it-yourself action there with a PVC pipe to get the lure exactly centered in the tank where I want it. Going to be doing a lot of vertical... Um, presentations with it um, primarily um, but you know we'll we'll see how it goes um, I really see you know this being really something that's going to work well for ice fishing demonstrations obviously ice fishing is a vertical presentation down um, so that tank is really gonna uh, work well for that I will also do some just kind of bottom presentations, you know, bottom bouncing presentations, jigs, you know, uh, bass jigs. Um, I, I'm going to mess around and try to do different different things with it. But I think that tank is really going to shine for vertical presentations primarily. Uh, but there will be some like horizontal bottom, uh, bottom bouncing presentations that I think will work well also. So I'm excited to share that with you. I'll go in a little bit more detail about what's coming up too with that. I got a video posting on Wednesday this week and then another video uh, posting on Friday. So we'll get into that. But um, 
biggest news is just, you know, consistency here at Angling Uploaded. Um, you know, another fishing podcast. We're going to be doing those on Mondays. And obviously, hey, you're noticing something different here as well. I do not have a guest. Um, I love having guests. And um, it, it can just be, as far as consistency, uh, it's harder to get guests and um, to be consistent, I think, um, I just, I need to be able to do this alone comfortably and have guests when I can have guests on. Uh, so I really enjoy that aspect of podcasting, having guests. Um, but that's that's the situation. Be consistent. Um, I'm going to have to do these just by my lonesome here. But also, we got to get Pete Wagner, another fishing show co-host, back into this. So he's co-hosting me again. Um, podcasting. So what I want you to do, I'm also going to bring this up at the end of this podcast. I want you to go to, and I'm going to bring this up right here. The, 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 I've said this before on podcasting. I'm actually directing, I'm using this uh, Ecamm Live software that allows me to, for the video podcast, show you all these different shots, these different videos. Eventually, I want to show some videos, but right now, just different still photos, things like that. Um, but I, the software that I'm using, I have to do it by myself, and I'm pretty much a um, one-man band here. So I'm actually directing, um, you know, like what shots need to come up here. Whereas, you know, if you're a really highfalutin outfit, you've got a person that's doing all this. But that person is me. So it shows you how big of an outfit this is. Um, but I, let's see here. I want people to reach out to us. And if you've missed Pete Wagner, like I've missed Pete Wagner, we need to get Pete back on this podcast. Okay. So, um, he's been busy with family. He's got two kids. Uh, he's got a very stressful business he runs and he's also in a band, but we want him to make a commitment. Okay. We got to be really nice. Uh, we know the talent that Pete has, and we know the value that he, he brings to this podcast. So we want him back. So we want to, we want, I, what I'm, what I'm asking you to do is email angling uploaded. Okay. And I'm going to give you the email here real quick. Like, okay. It is angling uploaded at gmail.com. All right. If you're watching the video podcast, that's it. I'm pointing to it right now. All right. Send me an email at anglinguploaded at gmail.com that tells you how much you miss Pete on this podcast, okay? Pete Wagner, another fishing podcast co-host. That's what he's supposed to be. He's the co-host of another fishing show, the beloved uh, another fishing show, which um, I still got raw footage that needs to be edited into a show. I got a catfish episode that's been, I mean, I've had it like, it's, it's honestly, it's been, there's just a lot of footage. I need to get to it, but it would be a great show. Pete's in there. Uh, you know, we've been doing another fishing show for, for a long time now. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, Pete is a, is integral to this, okay? The show and the podcast. So we want Pete back on this podcast, anglinguploaded at gmail.com. Send me an email telling me how much you, you miss Pete. Just say it to Pete directly, okay? And I will forward it 
to his uh, his personal email. Okay, we want him back. We're we're gonna this two two thousand twenty twenty three. Two thousand twenty twenty three is going to be the year that we get Pete back on this podcast. Okay, I sorely missed the guy, so I thought that was important. I'm gonna you know give him a, a, a another. Uh, Shout out, if you will. I don't know. That's I, I want. I want the guy back. So at the end of this this podcast, I'm going to remind you guys again to send me an email, anglinguploaded at gmail.com. Send me an email. How tell me how much you miss him. Tell him how much you miss him, and that you want him back on this podcast. All right. Okay. So is there anything else going on? I had a great Christmas. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Um. Oh, goodness. The lake. I, I live uh, uh, out on a lake right here, and we've had conditions uh, that are not ideal. This is, a, this is a shallow body of water, and tomorrow we're going to have to start um, we're going to have to start actually aerating the lake. So that's a real uh, stressful, stressful uh, thing to have to do, because what's happening is if you're not from an area where lakes freeze, what happens is, is your lake, you know, you're in the northern latitudes, the lake, uh, a lake will freeze. If it's a smaller body of water, uh, lakes are more susceptible to this, but you can have what's known as a winter kill. So what a winter kill is, is a lake, um, it does, it, the, the lake freezes, right? And then oftentimes if you have snow that gets on top of the ice, there's no light penetration. None of the remaining green weeds are uh, no. They're they're not able any longer to produce oxygen. So there's a, a depletion of oxygen. No light penetration because of the the snow cover, um, and then it just kind of spirals downhill. And what will happen, the DNR, Department of Natural Resources, they'll send a guy out to all these lakes, these smaller lakes that are prone to winter kill, and they'll test with an oxygen meter how the levels are doing. And if the levels start tanking, well, they let, uh, we're, we have an association here, a lake association, and if the levels start tanking, uh, they, they let the association know, hey, you're going to have to start aerating and how you do that, it's really quite a process. I'm kind of debating maybe I'll do a video of it. I don't know yet, but um, let me know if you think that would be interesting to do a video of how you aerate a lake um, so to prevent it from winter killing. But so you have a depletion of oxygen. What happens is you got to go out and drill holes, right? You kind of drill holes on, on uh, you know, like certain feet apart, let's say four feet. I think we kind of keep them three to four feet apart. Drill four holes, and then you have an ice saw. You drill your holes, you have an ice saw, and you kind of basically connect those holes. That makes essentially like a, a big ice cube, and you push that ice cube, and you push it all the way under uh, the, the, the ice, get it out of there. You place a pump, which is essentially a propeller that's on a like a plastic... It's like a plastic float, almost looks like a floating dock. You place that in the hole, the square, the the four by, I guess it would be a four by four square, is that right? The, what you just cut out of the ice. 
you put your plastic, uh, you know, your dock, floating dock that has right in the middle of it has a has a propeller, and that's hooked up to uh, electricity. You get that thing going, and that pump, you know, that water that gets circulated, you know, that propeller's pushing, that water gets pushed under the ice, it begins eroding the ice, it makes a bigger hole, and then that's actually how you aerate a lake that is prone to winter killing. The, the, uh, just the process of opening up the lake, right, that, that ice eroding and the lake becoming exposed to the atmosphere, that's what actually provides oxygen to the lake. And then once the surface is, is essentially um, kind of it's, it's absorbing that oxygen from the atmosphere, that pump then too, that current you've now got moving under the ice helps to get uh, just the lake in general, kind of that oxygen circulated throughout the lake. So that's how that works. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow morning. That's what's been going on in my life. New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's party, New Year's Eve parties, Christmas parties, New Year's Eve parties, New Year's Day parties, and aerating a lake. I may even try to um, finally go ice fishing this week. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And uh, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, so let's just go into it. Um, angling uploaded news, a little bit more there. So I kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm trying this because this is a new thing, just me doing this all about my lonesome. Um, I've come up with kind of a rundown, a game plan for the show. So if I'm, you see the video podcast, I'm looking down. That's what I'm, what I'm doing right here. Um, so the, that to me, you know, December 2022, it's been good. Um, uh, finished up the last was actually doing, uh, was, uh, did, did this really exciting um, series for Major League Fishing team series. So these anglers are now in teams, teams of three. Uh, these top, top bass anglers and teams of three are going against other teams of, of uh, bass fishermen. So that's a Major League Fishing team series that I uh, started filming this fall and wrapped up in, uh, in Florida uh, in December. So watch for that. They'll be advertising that. In fact, I think the first one just starts um, in January, beginning of January. So watch for those. It's what I've enjoyed about... Um, doing those is that you're seeing um you're seeing uh you're seeing dialogue and conversation between anglers that you've never seen before and you're seeing teamwork and and describing how to do something um like you've never seen before because these anglers they're on a team they're fishing for three hundred thousand dollars they're trying to get their teammates to do something that's working for them, right? So they're in a different area of the lake and they're fishing a certain way. Uh, what I've noticed is a lot of these anglers have their own kind of style and their own um, specific patterns that they want to try to do. They're, they're, let's say presentations is a better way to put it. They have their own skill set that they really want to do before anything else, right? So 
what I've noticed about this team series, which is cool, because in the morning they have a little powwow session uh, before they start the day's competition. The team members get together and kind of figure out a game plan what they're going to do, at least for that first period of the day. And they, it's interesting because what they're what they're doing is most times they go, you go this this first period. They don't even know the lake, never been to the lake before. Let's just go out and do what our uh, do what our strengths are, right? So you have like maybe one guy's great at uh, throwing a chatterbait, you know, and another guy's a, a great jig fisherman. What's interesting is they kind of just go out and they try to figure out what's going on using their uh, the, the thing that they're more, most comfortable doing. And then what's fun is you see who starts catching them and then seeing how that person is describing what they're doing to their teammate to get them on the right track. So that's something that I've not seen in fishing before. Um, and the fact that you have, you know, $300,000 on the line, sometimes, you know, it can get a little testy. You know, if an angler's not doing, if, if a teammate isn't uh, doing what he's supposed to be doing or not doing it right, you know, you're also seeing that aspect. So as a fan of fishing, to be in the back of the boat and seeing this dialogue, um, filming this, uh, this team series this fall has really been fun to see just, just that that you know, in the sport of bass fishing, because I haven't seen that before. Um, so you're seeing something totally unique there. And uh, the other thing I, uh, I you know, I, I just like, I'm, I, like most fishermen, I want to know, I want to get into the specifics of what these, you know, anglers are doing to catch their fish. And um, the way that uh, these anglers how they're describing what they're doing. You get really into the meat and potatoes of patterns and presentations. And it's fun to see uh, these anglers work together. You see a lot of great camaraderie, which is really fun too about this series. So check it out. Um, just type in, you know, go to majorleaguefishing.com and you'll be able to figure out uh, where it'll air what time and all that stuff. So that's what I've been doing uh, in, you know, this fall ended in December with the last, uh, the, the championship, the team series championship. So it's been a great December, been a, been a um, interesting, let's put it that way, 2022. Hopefully 2023 is uh, going to be a great year. I know there's a lot going on in the world. We're going to keep it just fishing related and positive. Okay. So that's my, uh, my resolution. Positivity. Let's try it again. Positivity and consistency. Positivity, consistency for 2023. And uh, here we go. So for Angling Uploaded, um, expect on Mondays, we'll, we'll put up on our YouTube channel, Angling Uploaded, the YouTube channel. We're going to put up... Uh, the podcast, the video podcast at 5 p.m. That's also going to go out to all the podcast apps uh, as well, 5 p.m. Um, and then underwater videos. We're going to put them up on Wednesdays. Underwater Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Also going to kind of make Wednesdays sort of a miscellaneous day. Um, might do live videos also on Wednesdays. Um, if I do a live video, it'll be on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, I, I want to be kind of the miscellaneous day. Um, 
might you know do some reloaded episodes maybe you haven't seen taken from uh, another fishing show that YouTube channel that we're kind of we're kind of retiring the another fishing show uh, channel and bringing everything over to the angling uploaded channel so um, might do some reloaded uh, episodes on Wednesdays. Uh, but primarily, I want to make Wednesdays underwater uh, video days. So underwater Wednesdays, uh, primarily. But that's the plan there. Uh, on let's see, and then on Fridays, fishing Fridays. So it's going to be fishing videos on Fridays. Um, I I have a real, and I've talked about this uh, at length in the past. I have a real problem with being very nitpicky. Um, I have obsessive compulsive disorder to a certain extent, probably to a, I'm probably, a, I'm, I have a moderate case of obsessive compulsive disorder, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I, when I do a video, I get, I get real thick into the weeds, man. Everything. I, I come from a television production background. I've been doing this for 22 years and it's ingrained in you that, you know, the audio has got to be perfect, you know hammered into you that the video, the colors and the saturation and this and that and the, everything's got to be perfect. So YouTube, just internet in general, that's, yeah, you, no, it doesn't have to be perfect, Greg. Just relax, get a video out, uh, you know, let people get something obviously out of the video, but it doesn't have to be this perfect, what you think is a masterpiece put out there. So, um, so Fridays are going to be, sometimes they're going to be a more simple video for consistency. That needs to be the case. But once in a while, I want to, you know, when I say a simple video, just uh, primarily using one camera, not worried about color correction or audio mixing, uh, getting away from that and just Getting a video out that conveys a message, you're able to learn, possibly learn something from. That is really the importance of, of YouTube uh, and social media just in general, is to you know, get videos out, be consistent, and make videos that people um, get value from. So Friday's fishing videos, and I also want to do, on occasion, quarterly is, is the goal. I want to get to a point where another fishing show episodes, if you've ever seen another fishing show, um, you know, are, those episodes take a lot of work. Uh, I put a lot of love and care into those episodes. I still want to do another fishing show, um, but the trick there has been uh, how often can I do those? So the goal there is to do... Um, quarterly another fishing show episodes and if you're if you don't know what another fishing show is another fishing show is really our flagship show on angling uploaded and so what another fishing show is it's two guys it's pete wagner and myself best friends uh for as long as i can rem remember and you know we've we it's funny a lot of people get into fishing because their dad got them into fishing and their grandpa got them into fishing pete we got ourselves into fishing. Our friendship um, allowed fishing to enter our life, basically. So we are fishing friends like uh, that. I mean, th that's an understatement. 
And so what another fishing show is, what I've tried to do with another fishing show, I really wanted it to make it kind of like it's a buddy fishing show, right? It's like everybody can relate to that. If you're a fisherman, you, you've got that buddy. You've got friendships from fishing that and, and some if you're lucky enough you've you've got long friendships and, or maybe you have a very a friendship very similar to the friendship that I have with Pete where there's a ton of history there and there's so many um so many stories you know that we can go through i really wanted in many ways to to for another fishing show to be an homage to fishing in general but also to fishing friendships so that's that's the goal of another fishing show. It's a it's a it's kind of a it's an uh, an off what, what it's kind of off the wall, um, you know, just two every every man kind of every what's the way to describe it? you know I've been I've done this show for I've been tinkering with this show forever. I should have a better way to describe it, but it's like. It's just two regular dudes, you know, and we're we're fishing places that are more accessible to 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 regular dudes. But what's more important, fishing is obviously central to it, but and, and is super important. But what's maybe equally important is just the nonsense that happens on the way to a fishing trip, you know, on the road. Uh, at the convenience store, you know, at the gas station, things that go wrong, funny things that happen along the way, the banter be- back and forth between Pete and I or, or people, you know, that we meet on the lake or, you know, at the bait shop. That's what another fishing show is. It's, it's I wanted a, sh- a light show, didn't take itself too seriously, Um but it shows, you know, the, the, the essence of maybe why, um, you know, maybe I don't, maybe not why you get into fishing for the first point, you know, for the first part. Because, I, I mean, you know, Pete and I got into fishing because it was really, really exciting to catch a fish, you know. And it's still really, really excited, you know, exciting to catch a fish. But it's also all those other things with fishing too that make fishing so fantastic the friendships the people you meet along the way the adventures along the way uh, along the way the adventures on the water that don't even uh, have anything to do with actually hooking a fish but of course hooking the fish trying to figure out the fish all that um, plays an important role in fishing as well so I, I i wanted i just wanted to do a show uh, that encapsulated the things that, uh, you know, make fishing so uh, important to me. And so that's why I, I, I you know, I, I've spent so much, I, I work so hard on those episodes and why I consider it the flagship of Angling Uploaded. So, um, you know, that's going to be, we're going to do shows like that on Fridays uh, and you know, also more, more, you know, simple shows, fishing related, uh, you know, fishing, actually fishing. So another fishing show, those will be on Fridays. I want to do those quarterly. So I'm going to aim for, and I don't know if I can do it this year. I, I'm going to try to do uh, two or three episodes this year, but eventually I want to get into doing four another fishing show uh, episodes a year. So that's spring so quarterly basically so spring 
summer, fall, and winter. And um, that's, the, that's the plan for those. And then, so that's, that's fishing, uh, fishing Fridays, we'll call it. So Mondays, podcasting Mondays, I can't maybe come up with a better, you know, catchier title than that. But Wednesdays, Underwater Wednesdays, and Fishing Fridays. And in between all that, you know, we're going to have short videos popping up, shorts. YouTube loves the shorts. Here's a tip, guys. If you're starting a YouTube channel or struggling like I've been since I started a YouTube channel, um, shorts seem to be where it's at. So what a short is on YouTube, it's like Instagram reels or Facebook reels or stories, whatever. It's it's vertical video. So how you would look, you know, holding your phone just regularly, looking at a video that way and just short one minute clips. YouTube's really putting those videos out well. Uh, so, um, but it's also kind of fun to be able just to put a short little piece of content up on YouTube um, for people to see that maybe they haven't seen from um, a longer form video that I've done. So I'm going to put the short content kind of mixed throughout uh, the week. And um, that'll be from videos that I've done in the past and videos, you know, that are currently up. So that is angling uploaded news, and um, let's get into kind of some stuff that's happening in the fishing world right now, and I am a big fan. If you guys have not uh, checked out um, Brett McComas over at Target Walleye, okay, so it's a newsletter, Target Walleye, Brett McComas is the guy behind it, Uh, all things walleye fishing. And ice fishing. So once uh, hard water comes on the scene, then it becomes uh, kind of a walleye slash ice fishing uh, media outlet. So big fan of Target Walleye and Brett McComas. So check them out. Um, just it's I believe it's TargetWalleye.com, if I'm not mistaken. But just search Target Walleye. Uh, you'll uh, check. They got a great you know go search Google Target Walleye. Check out their website and then get on their. Uh, their newsletter. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great source of information, and Brett's a funny dude, so a lot of, uh, there's a, a humor uh, in that as well. It's a valuable piece of media for you to check out. Target Wallet, value, piece of media, whatever. TargetWallet.com, check it out. So uh, that's what we're uh, we're gonna get into right here. This first story from Target Walleye, and it is: Would you ice fish with a topwater frog? And um, this is Brett here. He says, "I'm not saying you should, but I'm definitely not saying you shouldn't." And uh, this is pretty crazy, right? So there's guys that are ice fishing with these live target. Um, topwater lures that look like leopard frogs. And let me just read this. This is this is Brett from Target Walleye. If you remember this uh, post on TargetWalleye.com, you know folks have been using frogs to catch open water walleyes for decades. Um, so anyway, he's got a he's got a um, a link to an older Target Walleye article about. Uh, guys catching frogs in open water, or, or guys using frogs in open water to catch walleyes. Um, but 
a couple seasons ago was the first time I had ever seen anyone specifically target frog, excuse me, frog eaters through the ice. And this is from uh, Brewer Agra Outdoors. And these guys are, uh, this is a quote from one of the guys from Brewer Agra Outdoors. He says, turn those topwater frogs into some hibernating frogs uh, with a bell sinker, you weight it down. I'll show you a picture here shortly. You weight the bell sinker. Uh, you put a bell sinker basically at the eye of the uh, topwater frog here, the live target uh, frog. And you bounce it on the bottom and wait for the walleyes and pike to come pick it up as an easy target. So uh, pretty, pretty wild stuff here. And this is what it looks like. So that's a live target uh, frog. And that one, it's actually two live target frogs that they're using for this. That one frog at the top there is a longer, um, just plastic, hard plastic frog. And, you know, it's, it's got two treble hooks on it. And that, that frog is meant to walk on top, walk on top of the water like a Zara spook. So it's a walking bait. Um, and, and then that bottom frog, I think it's just a, it's the same kind of principle. It's just a smaller version of that. It probably has a little bit different action, but it too is kind of a walking bait. It kind of zigs and zags um, on the top of the water. And you'll notice both of those, if you're watching the audio podcast, that both of those have bell sinkers uh, connected to the eye of the bait. And uh, you can also kind of see how it floats. It basically just floats so the tail is, is uh, or the legs, the back of the bait is, is straight up. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting. I, I, uh, I know that, um, you know, here's, here's a shot, really nice walleye caught with that live target topwater walking bay. I don't know the the, I, it's a walking bait. It's that topwater frog that Live Target has, um, you know, that you can walk. So this is, uh, this is a guy holding a very nice walleye. I believe this walleye was caught in Manitoba. So the proof is in the pudding. It also, I imagine, you know, there's a lot of giant walleye in Manitoba. So... Uh, you know, eaters, you know, little smaller walleyes, I don't know how effective this presentation could be, especially with a bait that big, with that b larger uh, topwater frog there. But um, I don't know. You never know. Even smaller ones might make an attempt at it. But yeah, I could definitely see like a trophy walleye lake, um, this being a presentation, because... Uh, I have learned, and I actually did a video. Let's let's get into this first here. Let's just kind of show you too. In the past, um, in the past here, you know, Target Walleye has shown this on, um, you know, on their news newsletter in the past of how guys have cut open walleyes and they've just their stomachs have been absolutely full of leopard frogs, and. This picture I'm showing right here, uh, Brett says in this post, happens more often than you'd think, and sometimes in a way, uh, in way bigger quantities. Um, 
and this is a, he says, remember this wild shot of a fall walleye getting its frogger on and you wonder why they won't eat your fat head. So they're just, there's, there's basically just, there's a picture of just a ton of frogs. I mean, I'm looking like probably at at least a dozen frogs that were taken out of one walleye's uh, stomach. So when you see a picture like that, uh, there, they are. There's no doubt that walleye is is uh, targeting. I mean, that's a significant source of of uh, you know food for that for that walleye, and that's something that that walleye probably does every year. Um, so, what my understanding is, what happens is, and I don't I don't want to forget any other pictures here. Here's another picture. Um, yeah, here's another picture of a walleye with a with a, a big frog, uh, basically a filleted walleye. Stomach contents has a has a frog. So it's it's uh, it's apparent that you know walleyes are basically they're not messing around. They are eating leopard frogs. Um, and so what happens is in the fall, and I know a guy actually on the lake I live on. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, great walleye fisherman. What happens, and he said this many times, um, and I've heard from other people in this area, I live in Minnesota, but what happens is in the fall, probably happens around mid-fall here to late fall, leopard frogs, you know, in the summertime, they're kind of, you know, amphibians need uh, need to be, you know, especially leopard frogs, right? They need to have their skin moist so they can't, you know, stray away from water too far but they can is if if you know the vegetation you know the grass is keeping moist they can travel quite a distance even if there hasn't been you know um if, i mean i mean i i would say if it's a drought situation where you live that those leopard frogs are not going to be traveling as far i don't know this for sure this is just speculation but if you're having a wetter season i would imagine leopard frogs would move away um, from, you know, the lake or river, um, you know, will move, let's put it this way. A leopard frog will move away from a lake or river um, farther in, in a wet year than a dry year, right? So, but my point is that leopard frogs do move away from, they will venture out away from, their kind of residential body of water, you know. I don't know if they're doing it for to mate or if they're doing it just for food. They're doing it to lay eggs, but they are they, you know, will move away from the water. Okay? And so what happens is in the fall, they'll start they'll start transitioning and moving back into the lake or the river that they're at. This probably makes more sense. Well, Lakes, particularly, um, I don't. And the reason I say that, so in the fall, they've got to move in the mid to late fall. They got to start moving into a body of water because that's how they hibernate. Um, frogs, leopard frogs, they actually get back into the water and they get into the mud. Okay, and and then they hibernate. They basically just they just shut down. So when the frogs are doing that, making that you know, that pilgrimage, if you will, back to the water to hibernate. Um, 
there is a bite that happens. It happens with uh, it, it happens with uh, bass. It happened, you know, a smallmouth in particular. I know that that this bite happens on the Mississippi River. Um, anytime the, the the frogs need to get back to the water, whether it be a river or a lake, this bite seems to happen. It happens on lakes, um, and so there there's a there's some kind of a, a like the fish kind of know that this transition is happening, that this migration is happening. So uh, you can really get good in a hurry, you know, is, is my point in, in, in this. And, and I actually tried to do a video capitalizing on this bite, but I was there way too early. I went to a little tributary of the Mississippi River in the fall um, and, and tried to tried to do this, tried to capitalize on this this leopard frog migration bite, uh, this and specifically for walleyes that occur uh, in the fall, and it didn't happen. But um, it's it's kind of funny. I, I did a video, and it's was called. I titled it. If you want to check this video out and see. Uh, intentions gone completely uh, the wrong way. I, I intended to make a fall walleye frog bite video, uh, but it turned into a fall walleye trip becomes smallmouth smash fest video. And um, I caught the heck out of smallmouth, um, but they weren't like when this fall, when this bite happens, the fish really get. Uh, super keyed up into like on the bank, right? They're focused on the bank because that's where the, the frogs are coming in. Um, and so I was told that with for the walleyes, man, you can get really shallow and, and target them shallow because they're feeding up on, you know, these frogs. Well, um, I was too, wait, I was too early in the fall for it, but I, I did have a heck of a day um, catching, uh, catching, smallmouth um, but they weren't actually even really related to the bank they were still in kind of their summer um, patterns but either way it was a, it was a, I was trying to get on that frog migration bite and it turned into a crazy smallmouth smash fest bite which I'm not complaining but um, my, my point in all of this is just the fact that it doesn't surprise me um, that you know Walleyes are gorging themselves on uh, on frogs, uh, and it's and it's not surprising that they're doing it. At, you know, first ice. Uh, who knows how long they do it for? But it's if those frogs, um, you know, are what what appears is going on here with these walleyes under the ice is that they're actually whether these fish are. Yeah, I think what's going on is these fish are actually these walleyes are are targeting these leopard frogs that are hibernating in the mud, and they're those leopard frogs are super lethargic. They're not moving very much at all. They can't. I mean, they're these are cold-blooded creatures that are not uh, really fond of of you know 32 degree water. So they're really. Uh, I think susceptible to uh, to get eaten, and I think that's what these walleyes are doing under the ice. That uh, frog migration occurs in the fall. They're tapping into that in open water, and then they're still keyed up on it, keyed into it, know what these frogs are doing 
when it gets into the winter and these these frogs begin hibernating. So that's what it appears like to me, and um, it's pretty cool, you know, to 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 think that that's happening on uh, some bodies of water, not just in Canada. So something to uh, to think about. I think you know, I thought it was pretty cool, and thought I'd bring it up to you. Um, what else is going on in the world? Let's let's change more over to the uh, the world of bass fishing. And I know some people consider bass to be green carp. I don't think so. This is a multi-species um, podcast. You know, angling uploaded is multi-species. So we we try to kind of cover all the bases. Like to you know, fish for everything. Um, but uh, the bat, you know, I, if you don't know anything about me, I was eaten up with bass fishing, um, as a kid, I'm still eaten up with it. I love bass fishing. So it's a, it's still a very important part of my life. I film major league fishing events. So I'm like in the back seat of a, you know, of, of, uh, it's, what's the good way? I'm on the front row. Let's put it that way of, of, um, of professional bass fishing competition. So as a fan, it's it's a great gig to have. Um, I've been eating up with bass fishing for a long time. So I kind of want to, we'll focus on bass fishing here. We'll focus on walleye fishing. Um, but we'll even get into some some uh, some different, you know, more, um, you know, cat fishing obviously is a, is a big thing that we, we talk a lot about here. But even sturgeon fishing, uh, burbot, uh, there's a lot of cool things happening in freshwater fishing. Heck, who knows? We might even do some more saltwater fishing. We've done some um, in the past, uh, but we, we're certainly not opposed to it. But this primarily, this is a multi-species. Uh, what we cover here is a lot of multi-species freshwater fishing-related content. And so um, on the bass side of things right here, uh, what I thought was interesting is that, um, you know, I, yeah, what I was going to say as a kid, I actually wanted to be a, a bass, a professional bass fisherman. So I, I've, uh, this stuff, I have a long history with in the, in the, in the uh, loving, let's just say that loving bass fishing and the sport of bass fishing. So one thing, uh, you know, this comes from Bass Blaster. And Jay Kumar, Jay Kumar is the guy that uh, runs Bass Blaster. And there is a new bass tub in town, and Jacob Wheeler designed it. So my favorite, I love bass boats. My first um, real kind of fishing boat was a bass, well, my first fishing boat was actually a, it was a, <laughs> it was a 14-foot tri-hull um, It was actually, I think it was a Glastron. It wasn't really a bass boat necessarily um i had to kind of do some do-it-yourself stuff to make it into a um a bass boat but my first real fishing boat was a bass boat and so i have a um i have a real i, I just love bass boats they're fast i they're the the platform the the bow deck um and and just the that big bow deck just the deck, the fishing decks in general. They're just, I love the fishing platform. Uh, I think the a bass boat for a fishing platform is just awesome. And all the all the stuff that you can now put on them, it's just, it's, uh, it's an amazing fishing machine. So when I hear that uh, a new bass boat's coming online, a new bass boat 
is coming on the market. It's, it's exciting to me. So this um, reported from uh, reported by Bass Blaster, specifically Jay Kumar. There's a new bass tub in town, and Jacob Wheeler designed it. Jacob made the announcement on a social that I'm building my own bass boat. Jay Kumar, of course, this is him saying this. I thought either he's made a whole lot of more, he's made a whole lot more money than anyone thought. He does not come from money, uh, supposedly Jay's saying here in parentheses. Or he's got partners, or he's full-on crazy, possibly all three. But the deal is, Jacob designed a boat under a new brand called Icon, and that is spelled I-K-O-N. And the boats are being built, and in parentheses he's saying, I'm guessing owned by HCB Yachts. Hadn't heard of HCB, but their website says they build center console yachts like 65 foot long with four big motors on the back. So yeah, um, boat is different. The boat, what, the first thing that I see, I'm looking at an overhead view of the boat is that, and the first thing that I immediately like is that it's got a huge front deck, huge front deck. And the front deck, what's interesting about it is, how can I describe this? Um, the right at the console from the console from the from the front of the console forward you're looking at the whole half of the boat is basically it looks like even a little bit more boy it looks like more than half of the boat is is deck is bow deck um and that's pretty impressive and the other impressive thing that i'm seeing here too is that it's from the console forward, so you start at the console, it's wider. Like it actually even comes out from the transom, uh, from the back of the boat. So what I'm saying is the, the front becomes wider at the console as opposed to how wide it is on the back of the boat. So the, the, the beam at the back of the boat is narrower than the beam at the console uh, where the bow starts, uh, where the bow deck begins. So you have the bow actually starting at the console uh, becomes wider, right? And then about halfway, uh, you know, a little, little less than halfway, um, you know, going to the front of the bow, it becomes less, uh, less wide, but I, I'm, I'm kind of, I, hopefully you'll understand this, but if, you know, if you're only listening to the audio podcast, you'll see it in the video podcast that the bow is just wider. It, 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 it becomes wider at the console. The whole boat becomes wider at the console to make a bigger front deck. And that's really exciting. I, I'm interested to see just what that looks like at different angles. But from the top view down, the bird's eye view, if you will, um, that's really unique. The other thing I'm seeing too, it looks, the seats look totally different. Uh, the seats look almost like they're sports seats. They look like, they look like they've been designed to handle 
uh, rough conditions. Maybe there's some kind of a support system there, um, you know, with hydraulics there. But I'm sure this is going to be a, an impressive boat. Just the layout, the storage layout looks looks makes like 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 it looks a uh, logical as far as you know seeing where latches are and where storage is. I like big storage, uh, uh, and this boat seems to have it. So that that's impressive um, from that view. And again, going on here, a little bit more copy from this uh, Bass Blaster piece. The Bass Boat Connection here is that HCB stands for Hydrosport Custom Boats, which uh, anybody knows back in the day, Hydrosports uh, was, a, um, was a pretty... Uh, common bass boat um, and then they just stopped making them so uh, they're back in the game it would appear uh, so the bass boat connection as in is the same with the Tennessee company okay so the bass boat connection here is that HCB stands for Hydrosport Custom Boats as in the same Tennessee company that started as Hydrosport Bass Boats I see so that's right. So Hydrosport, Hydrosport Bass Boats. Um, and that history goes back away. So the, the uh, HCB yachts, formerly known as Hydrosports, actually began in the 1970s as a bass boat company in Tennessee after being purchased and repositioned in the 2000s by now CEO Elias De La Torre III. The company now focuses on creating exceptional quality yachts on a low volume level. And uh, Jay Kumar says in this article, guessing from that, maybe the bass boat will be the same. High price, low volume. Seems like this boat is also based in Tennessee, just like Jacob Wheeler. So just the fact that there, I mean, there's no one um, hotter on the bass boat or just bass fishing scene in general than Jacob Wheeler right now. And the fact that he's designing this boat um, is going to be really, really impressive. Um, he's he, Everything that Jacob does, I've spent a lot of time with Jacob. He's very meticulous. He, it's just he spends a ton of um, – he's focused on, on, on everything. You know, another great, obviously, uh, Kevin Van Dam. I noticed working with him through the years – very very same kind of discipline right so he's everything is just very um very well thought out in everything that, that these two individuals do so um i'm excited that jacob wheeler is designing this boat uh if i mean uh, there's you can get into the whether you think that this but I, I don't know how expensive this boat is going to be um there's a lot of expensive boats out there now for bass boats, Vexus is a very expensive boat. All of them are expensive I mean, when it gets right down to it. Why I've been such a fan, um, maybe fan is too strong a word. Um, why, why, I, I, why I have tracker boats? <laughs> Number one, I have, a, I have uh, a sun tracker pontoon. I know these sound, I'm not trying to brag here. Um, I, I hate <laughs> just the fact I feel like I've made it in the fact I have two boats right but I have a sun tracker pontoon and I have a, a um, tracker targa v18 right 
I feel like the only way that I was able to afford those two boats is because that they were priced more reasonable than a lot of stuff that's out there. So that's why I really, um, I, I praise what, you know, Tracker, Bass Pro Shops, Tracker Marine, uh, what they've done just in that they, they've, they've tried to make it so that their, their boat brands, or at least the Tracker boat brand, even the Nitro boat brands, um, their boat brand, they're more uh, economically priced. Let's put it that still expensive, but when you look at the other boats out there, they're more affordable. So I've really appreciated that about Tracker, and that's why I'm in uh, Tracker Boats. But I, I am, I'm a boat fan. I love boats, so it's exciting to me to see uh, what they're coming out with. And even if they're expensive, I'm, you know, I've, I have mixed feelings about that. I think we need to be careful that this stuff doesn't, like, we only have expensive options. So the fact that uh, Tracker's doing what they're doing, you know, I think is important. Other boat brands, I would hope, we still have a number of boat manufacturers that are still making stuff, you know, still making boats that, uh, you know, uh, are more accessible to the every everyday angler. Um, but that, with that being said, it's still fun to see what's uh, happening in, in the technology that's being advanced in bass boats and just fishing boats in general. Um, so um, who knows how ex expensive this new boat that uh, Jacob Wheeler is working on, you know, how expensive it's going to be. But um, I'm exciting what kind of innovations that they're going to have in this boat. So looking at this boat here um, on this, uh, you know, side view, um, I don't know. It's going to be, it, it looks pretty, it, it, there's not, you can't see much going on here um, in this particular uh, shot. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, closer to level with the boat. Um parallel with it and you know looking at it from the side i guess is what i'm trying to say and you it it looks from this view looks looks like a standard bass boat really nothing too fancy there uh you do have some neon kind of uh lights to illuminate you know in low level or uh low light conditions you have some neon um led lights i should say to it looks like you have one on the transom, one in the or you know on the back deck, two on the on the bow deck um, to kind of help to dis, you know illuminate the the decks in low light. Um, but you, it's kind of silhouetted. It's not easy to see really the lines of the boat here in this picture. But it's uh, it should be cool to to uh, to see what they they've got going on here. Uh, with this new boat. So it's always always exciting to see new boats come online, new techniques, new equipment. I love it all. It's a new year. So, I mean, there's I, who knows what kind of technology is going to be happening. Uh, I mean, forward-facing sonar, what more could be done in, in, in electronics? But there will be more happening. So very excited to see... Uh, what will surface in 2023 and um oh i wanted to this is this is uh kind of something that jay um jay kumar uh uh mentioned uh and that i i i'd be interested in you know hearing what you guys think on this 
Um, he's kind of has, uh, he had made a list in the most recent Bass Blaster, uh, uh, Blast Bass, let me try this again. <laughs> Blast, Bla I can't even, it's not easy to say this. It's not easy to say Bass Blaster, evidently. Let's see here. Bass Blaster. So he mentioned this in the in the newsletter, the Bass Blaster. Bass Blaster. You can go to BassBlaster.com to see the uh, their their website, which is a great website. But also their uh, they have a newsletter and email. So I would recommend uh, you get on that uh, that email list. But so he on his last uh, um, newsletter email. What do we call these news email new, newsletter emails? Um, he kind of put a wish list for uh, together for 2023. And number four on his wish list, what he'd like to see in the fishing uh, industry, I kind of, I think I agree with. So what do you guys think? This is what he says. Have electronics, oh, this is what he thinks should happen, okay, in, in, in fishing tournaments. And I think I might agree. So he says, have number four in his list of wants to see in the world in 2023, have electronics classes, classes like um, not not like a school class, but like uh, you're 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 organized in classes, you know, like uh, think of uh, top fuel funny cars or racing, like you know motor racing, something like that. Have cl electronics classes in tourneys. Amateur tournament trails, I think, need to have different electronics classes. At least two, a forward-facing sonar guys, so there's a class for those guys, and then a non-forward-facing guys class. So guys that have forward-facing sonar, they're in a class, and there's a class for people that don't have forward-facing sonars, they're, they compete in a different class. There's nothing, so Jay says, there's nothing wrong with forward-facing sonar, but not everyone can afford $10,000 of electronics, batteries, and not everyone wants to have to fish that way. And we need our tournament guys to still fish and kids from modest means to be able to compete. So this kind of goes back to that, you know, expensive uh, bass boat, right? I, I kind of feel the same way with just that, you know, uh, classes, as Jay's uh, referring to them, um, I kind of feel that way just uh, in, in general with a lot of things in tournaments, with people getting into the sport, let's say high school fishing, maybe even college fishing, um, definitely high school fishing. I, I think I would uh, really advocate for this happening in college too. I think in a perfect world, what you should have are tiers. Okay, Jay Kumar is calling it classes. Um, I'm going to call them tiers, and um, and in each tier, let's say, let's just say in high school, right? But you can do this in college too. You can almost have like a kayak tier where you can only fish out of a kayak, and um, maybe you allow trolling motors, but you know that's it. You know, and, and a fish finder, so you get. One fish finder, one trolling motor, and you're fishing on a kayak. So that's a tier, right? Um, the next tier could be just an aluminum boats tier, 
right? And maybe that tier is 17 foot to maybe 18 foot is, is your maximum for that tier. Has to be an aluminum boat, or you make it a, it's just a link thing. So maybe it's 17 or 18 feet. So maybe it's just, you can have a fiberglass boat too, but it can only be 18 feet at the most. And, and it's 150 horsepower at the most. Maybe you even make it a, a, you know, a, a lesser horsepower, but you have that tier, right? And that tier can have, uh, you're only allowed uh, a certain type of electronics on that tier. All right. The next tier, and maybe this tier is, um, you know, this is the most sophisticated tier and you've had to work your way up to this tier, but that's the 20, 21 foot bass boat with a 200, 250, um, you know, outboard on the back with all the bells and whistles on it. But that is the very upper echelon of tiers. Like you've had to work your way up to that tier, um, prove yourself. To me, just the fishing industry, like tournaments need that. Like it's, you, my fear is that you are, because tournament fishing is so expensive, the entry fees, the equipment, um, the, I mean, there isn't another sport where the, the outlay of, of funds needed to compete, um, uh, there, there's no other sport like, like bass fishing, you know, even walleye fishing is the same way. Um, that where you have to have, I mean, this, the the boat, the equipment. If you're a great basketball player, all you need is a basket and a ball, right? So, and you could, you know, I mean, I'm being a little bit simplistic, but same even with golfing. You don't have to go to the most amazing golf course, right? There's plenty of community golf, public golf courses. Get a, uh, you know, get some clubs and you're off golfing. With fishing, you need rods and reels and lures and a boat and the net and on and on and on, right? So, um, and then to compete, it's, it's the, it's the, um, you know, it's the entry fees and then it's the gas and then it's the lodging. So it's out of control really to, for, to me that, that if we ever want professional fishing, whether it be walleye fishing or bass fishing to be mainstream, you gotta make it so it's more accessible to these younger anglers coming up, in my opinion. Because you might have a guy that is just on fire and is full of talent that, this is my fear. You have this kid who's full of talent but doesn't have the money to be able to really showcase his talent, right? Or it's, it's, it's an, an extra bunch of hurdles to go through. You, to, to make this sport healthier, to make bass fishing, you know, competitive bass fishing healthier, and this can even go into walleye fishing, competitive walleye fishing. You got to make things more accessible to those younger anglers to get in to that, to, to, to be able to, to showcase their skills better, easier, so that you can have more of a, a um, pool of young anglers with, with great talent coming in, right? So... That's why I think, you know, this tiered system, class system is a good idea. Seeing Jay talk about it there, um, I, you know, I, 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 I agree with him. I think 
I love all this new te technology, but I think when it gets so sophisticated and so expensive, I think the sport of competitive fishing, uh, the sport of competitive walleye fishing could be shooting, those sports could be shooting themselves in the foot uh, by not trying to make, uh, you know, the sport more accessible by, you know, and, and a way to do that is to, is to make a tiered system. So that, that's what I got to say about that. Um, be interested in, in hearing what you guys think about that. Uh, send me an email, anglinguploaded at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that would, I'm looking for, yeah, right here, anglinguploaded at gmail.com. Just if you've got, I'd, I'd love to know what your opinions are on that. Or, you, you know, you're watching this on YouTube. Feel free to share uh, your your opinions in the comments, but yeah, I think I think just in general, um, you know, we there there needs to you know, young angler. I remember myself uh, very full of piss and vinegar, wanting to be a pro angler uh, on the trail, and um, and knowing then, I mean, this is years and years and years ago. Knowing then how it, how expensive it would be, well, it's so much more expensive than that. So I think um, I think uh, finding ways to make it uh, more accessible to young, talented anglers is a key to a healthy uh, sport. Okay, and. Wrapping up here, let's just uh, get right to some promotional things here, what's going to be happening this week, which is exciting. I, I like doing these podcasts at the beginning of the week, and then I can kind of promote uh, what's happening uh, with with the channel, with Angling Uploaded, YouTube channel. Check it out. also have a great Instagram um, account, so check out Angling Uploaded on Instagram as well. But um, primarily, honestly, I, am, I might still post to Facebook, but as a one-man band here with a lot of this stuff, posting to Facebook can be, it just gets to be too much. I need to focus, I think, YouTube, I mean, for video. Listen, I'm a video guy. YouTube is where it's at. Um, so I'm really concentrating my efforts on YouTube, not doing as much Facebook, um, and focusing my my efforts on Instagram uh, as well. So YouTube, Instagram, um, check it out, Angling Uploaded. And uh, what's fun is Wednesday, underwater video. And again, I am going to be doing these underwater videos. This is this video that is coming out on Wednesday. I'm really excited to uh, show you guys the first video that I've ever done in this new tank. Uh, it is called, basically the, the gist of this video is I am testing power bait, uh, their ice, some of their ice uh, soft plastics, which they've got a phenomenal, uh, you know, uh, they've just got a ton of offerings now for this power bait ice lineup. And I wanted to highlight some of these different baits. And that's what I did. And so check it out on Wednesday, going up at 5 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Central, angling uploaded the YouTube channel, uh, Powerbait Ice Underwater 
And um, I did a lot of different. I'll, I'll, I'll show you some of these baits here um, here in a minute. But, yeah, this this is this is this is going to be this is going to be fun because let me find this where did i put that uh that's the tank again um uh, that i i'm i'm filming all this stuff in but um for this video on wednesday i showcased i'm using that term a lot showcased i showcased the Berkeley Fusion uh, 19 tungsten jig heads, and I'll show you this here. I'm I'll get better at directing this show, but that's I don't. It's this little little uh, tungsten uh, jig head right here. This uh, Berkeley. What's the? I got to get the title right here. Berkeley Fusion 19 tungsten jig. And for the demonstration of these soft plastic, uh, soft plastics, these Berkeley um, Powerbait Ice soft plastics, I used a 16th ounce Fusion 19 uh, size 5 tungsten jig. And I did a number of baits, but um, there's just check it out Wednesday. That's going up. I, I, you're, I think you're gonna. I'd be interested, in, you know, hearing what you guys think of it. I love seeing lures underwater, how they actually work. You, when you look at them in a package, you're like, hmm, that, that's uh, that's pretty cool looking. But what does it look like underwater? So that's why I wanted to do this um, this series of of videos. And I'm, you know, I've the wishbone. The sword tail, the fry, there's a few others I do, so check it out. Excited to uh, to do that. And then next week, I've got, I was actually over at uh, the local tackle shop recently. Um, and so for fo the following Wednesday, I'm actually probably going to film this tomorrow in the tank. But I bought a, uh, a Snowdrop XL. This is a clam tungsten jig, and it's a 16th ounce. I think that's probably a good size to kind of demonstrate these soft plastics, these little micro ice soft plastics. But this is going to be, uh, I'm going to probably film this tomorrow, and it's going to be for next Wednesday, so a week from now. Uh, so not this coming Wednesday, but... Uh, the next uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be focusing on Mackie plastics. So Clam's uh, Mackie line of hand-poured soft plastics baits. These baits are really, really great. Um, they were one of the first to really get detailed, maybe the first to get really detailed on their small little ice fishing soft plastics. So I'm going to be um, highlighting some of their soft plastics like the minnow head and here's another one the whammy but we'll be doing that i'll be filming that tomorrow to be um released to be uploaded for a, a week from now basically a, a week and a couple days um so that's the plan there um i got a fishing video coming up on Friday. I just want to make sure that I'm covering everything here um, I, as I'm directing this video here using the wonderful software Ecamm Live. Can't recommend it enough. Um, 
yeah, so this video is coming up on Friday, and there he is. My long-lost buddy, Pete Wagner, is joining me for this one. Kind of a surprise, but we went to Red Wing and uh, did a little open water fishing in the winter. There is a warm water discharge uh, on, the, on the Mississippi River at Red Wing in Red Wing, Minnesota. Uh, it's upstream of there, and it keeps uh, the, this warm water discharge from a nuclear power plant keeps the uh, river in, for, open for quite some distance. And um, so you're able to fish walleyes because of special regulations uh, all year long on the river. Uh, and it's really something to be able to do that in uh in January, February, you know, I th can you do it in February? I think you can do it in February. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it's it's all year long. So uh, you're, um, it's, it's, uh, check your regulations first, okay, guys? Because I've only done it in December and, and November and January is when I've done this. So February, I'm not sure. Check your regulations. Every place on the Mississippi not every place, but there's different stretches of the Mississippi that have different regulations. Um, Red Wing is a border water. So one side is, the, is Wisconsin, the other side is Minnesota. So um, regulations are, are different there. So just make sure if you want to try this, you check your regulations. But what's fun is that you can go out and fish open water in the winter for walleyes, and that's what Pete and I did. It's a test to see which is better. Pete's using live bait. I'm using artificials. Who's going to win? Check it out Friday. That video goes up at 5 p.m. All right, so uh, that's what's uh, that's 5 p.m. Central on Angling Uploaded, our YouTube channel. And again, I want to make a real uh, plea here, okay, that we got to get Pete Wagner back on this podcast, all right? He is an integral part. I don't want to be doing these alone. Um, it's much better to have him with me doing these. So tell him that in an email, okay, send an email to me, anglinguploaded at gmail.com. Tell Pete why he needs to come back and tell him that he's sorely missed and it'll be better for me because it's not easy to host this all by myself. It'd be so much better to have Pete right alongside me to do this. So send, uh, send a real heartfelt um, email to Pete at anglinguploaded at gmail.com and tell him that we miss him and want him back. All right? So there it is. That's a wrap-up. I don't think there's anything else I need to talk about here. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's going to be a great year. Happy New Year, everybody. Ice fishing's in full swing, and I am going to get after it. So ice fishing videos coming, underwater videos coming. Happy 2023, guys. It's going to be fun.